This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Recount not only the victory that God gave to the Israelites on Passover, but the victory that God gave to the whole world through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. These are parallel events. They speak to each other. They speak of the plan that God had for you and I. Today, although we must always view our salvation through the cross, we could not have the fullness of our salvation without the resurrection. And today is Resurrection Sunday, and so as such, I want to Focus on the resurrection for a moment. The resurrection is essential to Christianity. And, uh, you know, we've all heard many fables that deny the resurrection. We've heard the stolen body fable. The fact that some some say that he he, he didn't really die. He really didn't die fable. And then he went to the wrong tomb fable. The the ladies and, and everybody went to the wrong tomb. But there are facts that support the resurrection of Jesus. Scholars, even atheists, who have honestly researched the claims of the resurrection see that the evidence is overwhelming for the resurrection of Jesus. You see, the empty tomb alone, the fact that the tomb is empty, the effects that it had on the disciples' lives, the existence of Christianity as the largest world religion today. we, we, We have to understand that these are proofs, or at least indicators, that something extraordinary happened. The resurrection is essential to our lives if we're going to live eternally. But it's also essential if we're going to live now. There are a lot of opinions out there concerning how to get to heaven. And uh, there are probably a lot of opinions as to why we celebrate the resurrection. Today, it seems like uh, the marketers of the world have taken over. We have left truth and we love fiction. We have bunny rabbits and chocolates and, you know, uh, Easter dresses. And we've materialized this and we've it's everything except what Jesus originally intended it to be. But as Christians today, as believers, this is the day that we celebrate. It's the day that we remember the resurrection of Christ. It's the day that we remember his victory over death that won for all of us to believe in him a place in eternity. We believe that he is the Christ. We believe that he is the Son of God. We believe that he is God in the flesh. And that's why we're here. That's why we worship him. But not everybody believes. In fact, I want you to know something. Not even the disciples, the apostles of Christ, believed at first. In Luke 24, verses 1 through 12, it says, And on the first day, or on the first of the Sabbaths, while still very early, they came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And going in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they were much perplexed about it, 
it happened that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. As they were afraid and bowed their faces down to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he's risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again? And they remembered his words and they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the rest of them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like foolishness and they did not believe them. And Peter arose and ran to the tomb. Stooping down, he saw the linens lying alone and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now, eventually the apostles did end up believing. Uh, but my question is, why, why should people today believe in the resurrection? Why should I believe in Christ as the only way to heaven? Why, why should I believe that? And, and even for those of us who are Christians, do we, do we really have to believe that in the resurrection in order to be a Christian? Is the resurrection of Jesus really that important? I mean, I've never seen anybody in my lifetime dead for three days and then come back to life. Have you? See, for people today, this resurrection may be hard to believe. In fact, uh, there was recently a television program on the History Channel called The Lost Tomb of Jesus. And uh, in this story, they found this tomb that had some bones in it, some ossuary, and they tried to make a case that these bones were the bones of Jesus and that he never really did rise from the dead. There was a man on that program who claimed to be a Christian, and he said it really didn't matter if someone found Jesus' bones or not, uh, or whether he really physically raised from the dead or not, that it wouldn't change Christianity at all. Is that true? Does it matter to Christianity if Jesus raised from the dead or not? Yes. Does it really matter to the believer when it comes to living in the fullness of Christ or fully living the fullness of the Christian life that Jesus raised from the dead or not? Does it really matter? Well, it is. It is necessary. Jesus is the Christ, which simply means that he is the anointed Son of God. As such, he took a, and, and, and takes a singular place in the life of every believer. It means that we recognize him as our king. We recognize him as the Son of God. We recognize him as God who came in the flesh. You know, there are beliefs that are essential to Christianity. Failure to believe these things is failure to believe in the basic tenets of Christianity. So I'm asking the question, is the resurrection essential? And what is there to support that this event really occurred? In 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 8, 
The Apostle Paul is wrestling with this, and he says this, and brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and in which you stand, by which you are also being kept safe, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After, afterward, he was seen by over 500 brothers at once, of whom the greater part remain until this present day. But also, some fell asleep. Afterwards, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of time. What Paul's telling us is that the resurrection is essential to Christianity. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4, he says, Brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you. He says, if you've received this gospel, it's the gospel in which you stand. And it's one which keeps you safe. But he says, this is the gospel. And unless you, if, if you don't believe it, you're believing in vain. He says, I deliver to you, first of all, which I received. Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures, he was buried and he rose again. That is the gospel. It's not just that he died. It's not that he was buried. It's that he died, buried, and rose again for you and me, according to the scriptures. Here he is. He's reminding the Corinthians of, a, of the gospel, the gospel message, the gospel that brings salvation. And the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead is integral. It's an integral part of the gospel. And in fact, it's essential. It's essential to the gospel. Then he goes further in the later on in the chapter, in, in uh, verses 12 and 14, he says this. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. You know, Christianity rises and falls on the fact that there is a living testator to the will of God. That Jesus died, was buried, raised again, and then came to, to enforce out of his resurrection. And he is the living head of a living church. I am not the head of the church. I have to, I have to understand. I, I, I'm, I'm a co-pastor with Jesus, and I am the head of this church under him. He is the head of the church. Do you understand that? And now if Christ did not physically resurrect from the dead, the Bible says your faith is useless. Your faith is useless. You might as well as live like you, as you see fit. Because if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, he lied. He lied to his followers, and there's really no hope, not only in this life, nor in the life to come. But thankfully, Christ did rise from the dead. And I want to look at some of that evidence in just a minute. But the fact that the resurrection is essential shows why people seek to attack the truth of the resurrection. Uh, if they can show that the resurrection did not happen, then they can prove that Christianity is a useless religion. My hope is today that we might 
either be strengthened in our faith about the resurrection, or perhaps today, for some of you, you might be convinced of the truth of the resurrection and come to know Christ and give your lives to him. I want to look at some of the fables that deny the resurrection. These fables that deny the resurrection are not new, and and, and, uh, they've been around since the time that Jesus died. They have uh, been around since the resurrection itself. And the first fable uh, that made its rounds was the stolen body fable, that the body was not really that the disciples came and stole the body. In fact, in Matthew 28, verses 11 through 15, I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible. It says, while the women were on their way, some of the guards went to the city, and they reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders, and they devised a plan. And they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you were to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while they were asleep, while you were sleeping. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews until this very day. Now, why why couldn't the disciples have stolen his body? I mean, that sounds like a plausible argument, doesn't it? Well, let me give you a few uh, facts, okay? A few inconvenient facts. Uh, They couldn't have stolen the body because the Pharisees... And even the Roman authorities took steps to make sure that this did not happen. In Matthew 27, verses 65 through 66, it says that they were given a, royal, a Roman seal and a Roman guard. It says, take a guard, Pilate answered. Go and make the tomb secure as you know how. So they went and made the, team, the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Now, there was a Roman seal. Now, this Roman seal is a very complex seal, and there was a guard. A guard uh, is, a, is a unit of 16 men, 16 armed Roman centurions. These, these, are, these are the most formidable fighting force in the known world. Now, to, bro- to break a Roman seal without authorization is punishable by death. To go up against a guard unit charged with making sure that the tomb and the seal was secure would have been death for anyone who came against it. Now, do you really think that these cowardly and weak disciples were about to attack a Roman cohort? To say that these disciples that had fled and had abandoned Jesus just several nights before were hiding in fear for their very lives somehow had this incredible surge of bravery to go and steal his body so that they could spread a lie that would lead to their certain death is beyond highly unlikely. For an entire Roman guard unit to say that they fell asleep at their post would mean that they would be put to death because a Roman soldier could not, be put, could not, could not sleep on the job. And The manner in which history describes this is that if a Roman soldier or a unit did fall asleep on the job, they were burned in their own clothing, alive, as punishment, and as 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 uh, an example to other Roman soldiers. No Roman soldier would ever do such a thing or even admit to it unless it could be counted on to save their lives. 
There is no evidence that supports the fable that the disciples stole the body. Then we have the wrong tomb fable. There were those who suggested that the women went to the wrong tomb. Uh, that is, again, impossible because they saw with their own eyes where the tomb was and there would have been no need for the soldiers or the Pharisees to come up with the story of a stolen body had the women simply gone to the wrong tomb. So this fable is probably the easiest one to debunk. Uh, everybody knew Joseph of Arimathea. They knew his new tomb. They knew exactly where the tomb was and they knew exactly where they'd laid Jesus. And everybody had seen it. This was, this was not... Uh, Something you could miss. So we see this is just a fable. And finally then there's the he really didn't die fable. He was just sleeping. There are those who have said that Jesus didn't really die. He just passed out. And then he got healed. And when he got healed, he got up and he left the tomb. Uh, let me tell you something. We just saw an incredible video about the death of Jesus by a trauma surgeon. Uh, Roman executioners knew about death. Let me tell you something. They knew exactly what they were doing. This is what they did. And if they said someone was dead, that person was dead. Here's how the apostle John records the death of Jesus. It says, because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then the legs of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was al they found that he was already dead and they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Even Pilate was surprised that Jesus was dead so soon. And Let me tell you something. He had to be made sure. In Mark 15, it says, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus was already dead, if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Jesus, or to Joseph. Let me tell you something. That centurion knew and so did Pilate knew if Jesus was dead or not. Come on. He wasn't sleeping. He wasn't just knocked out. <laughs> There's a lot of facts that support the resurrection. The first fact that supports the resurrection is, of course, the empty tomb. John chapter 20, verses 2 through 9 says, So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples and the one Jesus loved and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb but, and both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. I love that. <laughs> There's no competition among the disciples here. And, they, and he reached the tomb first. He bent over and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb and he saw that the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth had been, that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He 
He saw, the belief, he saw and believed, but they still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus has been raised from the dead. I, I love when we go to Israel because uh, there, there's an empty tomb there. We don't know that it's the tomb of Jesus or not, but uh, it, it, is a, it is a tomb that is empty. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the things that even our Jewish guide points out is he said, you know, uh, it's, it's amazing that somebody would have taken the time to fold the head wrapping that they would have put around him and leave it to the side. He says, to me, that's the indication that uh, this was deliberate, that this person purposefully walked from the grave. We already saw that the disciples couldn't have stolen the body. The empty tomb, amidst the circumstances of it being guarded and sealed, is the greatest evidence for some supernatural event to have occurred. The authorities did all in their power to guard the tomb and, and the body, but the reality is that there is no power, there's no authority that could keep the work of God at bay. What God wanted to do to provide life over death is unstoppable. Jesus raised from the dead and the empty tomb is the symbol of that victory and the eternal life that he offers to you and me, to all of us. And other belief systems throughout the world, other religions, their leaders die. And none of their leaders or in, of, of any other religious organization has come back to life to be the testator of their will. Buddhism, Buddha died and lived and died from 563 to 483. Islam, Muhammad died from, or lived and died from 570 AD to 632. Sikhism, 1469 to 1539 AD. Jehovah's Witness, Charles Russell, 1852 to 1916. Mormon, Joseph Smith, 1805 to 1844. Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, 1911 to 1986. Let me tell you something. I could take you to each and every one of these men's tombs, and their body is still in it. But the tomb of Jesus Christ is empty because he's resurrected and he is alive forevermore. You, you see, the, the, the Jewish authorities could have easily ended Christianity if they would have just simply produced the body of Jesus. They didn't because they couldn't, because he wasn't dead. There was no dead body. He's alive, and that's what we're celebrating today, the resurrection of a Savior. The second evidence, or a second evidence for the resurrection, is the effects that this resurrection had on the lives of his disciples. You have to understand, these guys were running scared. They were terrified. They'd followed this guy, they believed in him, and then he, he died. They didn't know what to do. They were hiding. They were in hiding until they saw the resurrected Messiah. What else could explain the transformation from cowardly and scared to being boldly and going forth and preaching wherever they could that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and that he had risen from the dead? Paul says it this way, and I, I read it earlier, but I'm going to read it again. He says, for what I received, I passed to you as a First importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then the 12. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, 
most of whom are living, but some have fallen asleep. You see, we see that even the Pharisees took note of the courage of Peter and John after they had been with the resurrected Christ and they were preaching. They said in Acts 4, verse 13, when we saw the courage of, when they saw the pe- courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. All the apostles except John were somehow they went to their death for the reason of preaching about the resurrection of Christ. Men don't die for something they don't believe in. What would account for all of these men formerly being weak and cowardly, becoming bold proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the resurrection of Christ, that would lead to their own deaths if it really didn't happen? Another fact to support the resurrection is the existence of Christianity today. The very fact that this religion exists today the youngest of most of religions is evidence of the truth of the resurrection. There are people today that are here who have had their lives changed in this room due to the power of the resurrected Lord in their lives. This faith has been passed down from generation to generation by the word of God from the very first disciples. If the resurrection were not true, then this religion would have collapsed in the first century because it was based on one fact, the one fact alone, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. If the resurrection was not true, it could have too easily been proven false, either by producing a body or at least finding nobody to corroborate the story of the apostles. But there were too many appearances of the risen Christ, too many eyewitnesses not to believe this first generation. Paul told the Corinthians that over 500 men had seen the resurrected Christ at once. Most of them were still alive. Wouldn't it have been amazing to sit and talk to somebody who had spoken to the risen Christ? The men on the Emmaus Road, wouldn't it be great to talk to them? It says, didn't your heart burn within you when he was telling us the gospel? They realized it. They didn't know it was Christ, but they, they realized it was Christ. When the apostles were called again before the Sanhedrin for preaching Jesus and the resurrection This is what Gamaliel had to say in Acts chapter 5, verse 34 through 39. It says, but a Pharisee named Gamaliel, Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. And he addressed them. He said, men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theudas appeared, claiming to be somebody. And about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed and his Followers were dispersed and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas, the Galilean, appeared for the days, in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it'll fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. (laughs) It is the very fact that those who could have proven it false believed and were persuaded with so many others that lends credence to the truth. They couldn't prove it was false. They didn't want to fight it in the end. And further, supporting this is the fact that Jesus' resurrection power continues to transform people's lives 2,022 years later. 
that nobody has been able to stop Christianity and the claims of the resurrection or account for the life-changing transformation of people for 2022 years despite attempts and efforts such as the lost tomb of Jesus. This lends great weight to the fact that the, excuse me, that the resurrection is true. It's interesting, to me anyway, that throughout history, what you don't see is anyone claiming that the tomb was not empty. Or that people did not claim to see the resurrected Christ. Or that lives were not being transformed. Nobody argues those points. Because we still see lives being transformed. What you see is Jews or others only trying to explain the fact of the res resurrection away by fables and by falsehoods. It didn't work then and it doesn't work today. For anyone who is willing to sit and consider the evidence, the evidence is really overwhelming. We know that the resurrection is essential to Christianity. But beyond the resurrection being essential to Christianity as a religion, it is essential not only to living eternal life, but to living a good life on earth, a life full of life. In fact, our eternity begins the day we accept Christ. Our eternal life does, that is. Paul tells it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 17 through 19. He says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. And those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be more pitied. We are to be pitied more than all men. You see, if there is no resurrection, there is no eternal life for anyone. In fact, there is no hope. The resurrection is essential to Christianity. It's essential to our eternal life. The resurrection proves who Jesus is. And he is the Son of God. He is God who lived in the flesh and died in the flesh and has defeated death and won victory over death and the grave. Romans 1, 4 says, and it was declared with power to be the Son of God by the, his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Without the resurrection, Jesus was just another man. A man like Muhammad. A man like Buddha. A man only. Not a God worthy to be worshipped. If Jesus has not been raised, our future is futile. We are still in our sins. We have no hope of eternal life. But thankfully, that's not the case. The truth of the resurrection has been established and it can be counted on. We have our eternity to look forward to be with Christ. But not only is the resurrection essential to Christianity and to eternal life, but the resurrection is essential to living today, right now. Peter said this in 1 Peter 1, 3, in his great mercy has given us the new birth into a living hope, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, the new birth is a living hope. It's not a hope of something way off in the future. It's living now. And it's only available through the resurrection of the, 
the Lord Jesus from the dead. As I read earlier, Paul says, if the resurrection didn't happen, your faith is useless. There's no hope. Without hope, there's no life. And by, uh, and by hope, I don't mean wishing for something that you know, we uh, hope in the face or against reality. Uh, you know, some people have these weird hopes about what their religion does for them. No, no, this is a hope that has substance to it. Because Christ comes into your heart and makes a, a, a living change inside of you. I mean, we have a, a Bible expectancy, a confident expectancy. We, we live in a confidence ex- that has an expectance based on the truth, based on the realities that we've experienced and and of a better way to live and a hope and a future into eternity. For those that are older, as you face retirement, knowing that you have a retirement nest egg helps you to live easier without stress of what to do in the future. Knowing that our eternity is set with a resurrection. That's an assured provision for our future by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It helps us to live in a way right now that is far better, or better by far. For those who have already received Christ... Satan cannot take away your eternal life. He does try to take away your ability to live the full life right now. He tries to take away your confident expectation of what the resurrection has done for you and what has occurred through Christ and what will occur in your life. Don't let him take that away. Live your life now and live it to the full. Today, as we celebrate the resurrection, if you have received Christ as your Savior, I hope that you're being strengthened in your faith and that you're being encouraged that you can live a better life now with the hope of eternal life. But maybe you've just happened to come to church today and you're maybe a visitor or maybe, maybe it's been a while and, or maybe you've never accepted Christ and you don't know and you're here because of something the world calls Easter. Maybe you've never really considered the resurrection before today. Maybe it's just something you've never really thought about. Well, I want to offer you the opportunity to enter the resurrected life of Jesus. And in just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior, to trust in him. Trusting Jesus is is more than just knowing who he is. It's a belief that relies on him for eternal life and it calls upon our resurrection power not only to give you life in this life but a life for eternity just listen to this as we tell the story thanks for listening for more teachings and videos visit celebrationmen.org